0: You are listening to The Weekly Wrap-Up by The Clean Sheet. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Clean Sheet's Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast for 2020. It feels really good to be back. Uh, I'm Marcel, and with me is Will Is Will Thompson.
1: Hey guys, how are we going? Sorry about the last couple of weeks, Um bit of a slow start to the season, but we're right back into it now at
0: possibly the worst time. <laughs> yeah, no, with the things going on around the world, what have we had, like, in 2020 has been, like, a really, really odd year to start off with. We had, like, bushfires, bushfires and then, fires, uh, floods. what is it, in February, That floods. A virus. I can't wait for April. And now we've got, yep, and now we've got the coronavirus, and let's see, let's see what the rest of the year has to bring, huh? Look,
1: it can, only, it can only get better.
0: Okay, no, That's a positive we've got to take away from all this, that as things get worse, they can only get better from this point. All right. And with that, um, we're going to have a very different kind of format uh, to the podcast for this episode, uh, at least. Um, if you listened to us previously in 2018 and 2019, we thank you for to continue to listen to us. Um, thanks for the support. We're going to discuss just uh, the NPL 1 results, and then we're going to have a bit of a roundtable discussion between Will and I about some of the more pressing issues in football that's currently happening in New South Wales and by further extension, Australia.
1: Yeah, we're going to try to um, get away from the whole like, you know, you can jump online and read results, and that's all well and good. And, you know, for us to discuss the results, I guess, isn't going to do, it's not going to do too much unless there's something big that happens. Um, Maybe if someone's running away with the title or if someone's dropping back in promotion, we might discuss them. Um, But they will be sort of part of that more roundtable discussion, as Marcel was saying, just to get more of a a relaxed feel to the pod.
0: All right, awesome. So with that, we'll go over round three of the men's NPL 1 results. Over the weekend, we had Marconi Stallions with a 2-0 win over Sydney Olympic at Marconi Stadium. Uh, Sydney United falling 2-0 to Manly United. Uh, North Shore Mariners, I think everyone's surprised Packet so far. Um, lost, their got their first loss of the season with four-nil before new, uh, home loss to Sydney FC. Uh, Blacktown City with a commanding 3-1 win over Sutherland Sharks. And a 1-1 draw between Rockdale City Suns and Apia Leichhardt. Now, there was meant to be one game scheduled between uh, Mount Town Rangers and Wollongong Wolves, but Will, what happened with that game?
1: Uh, so I think it's time to grab out your tinfoil hats and strap them on. There's been a bit of controversy around this. So Mount Town Rangers came out and said, you know, the pitch was waterlogged. And look, I, I have seen the photos. The pitch was pretty wet um, from all the heavy rain that they got the night before. Um, by all accounts, the Guys are out there like, until 9 o'clock at night with buckets and brooms trying to get their water off the field. Um, then, I guess later on in the night, they decided to call it off. Um, they told Football New South Wales, you know, we can't play. And they said, well, we're out first grade. They said, no, nah, we can't. So they've, they've canned the game. But then a bit of controversy around, um, I guess, especially from the Wollongong side. And I don't know if you've seen uh, Luke Wilshire's Facebook. But he kind of ripped in pretty hard to um, to Mount 10 Rangers and the ability for the janitor to call the game off. Um, but apparently some of the Rangers boys were going around, and I, I don't know if this is true, I can't confirm this, I haven't heard this personally, but they were saying that they did that to Wollongong to make them travel midweek. Because um, as you know, like all the other games went on, there was other options on the table that could have been done. They could have reversed the fixture. Uh, they could have found a different ground to play at. I guess maybe they spent too long trying to clean up the field instead of just going, right, this is... It, it's it's stuffed. We, we can't play it here. Let's find a solution. And because the, the the big thing, right, is they said um, to... Uh, they've deleted the post, so I can't get the exact wording, but it was to ensure the quality of the pitch at Poppendetta. And um, it wasn't about player safety, which upset a lot of people I know.
0: So, look, I think probably the better option would have been maybe to offer a reversal so that Wollongong would be playing home and Mount Druitt playing away. But, like, as you said at the beginning, it's, you know, everyone's got their tinfoil hats on. I think we'll probably never know the proper side of things. But, by all accounts, we've got to take for what it is. The ground was waterlogged. And. As it stands, uh, the game will be played um, at a later date, so we'll keep you posted when you know we get more information on that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Stay tuned to our socials.
0: Now, I just want to bring up, Just um, yeah, I know it's only round three, and we've got yep. two really uh, good talking points. We've got Marconi Stallions, who are absolutely on fire so far in the season. Yep. Um, and we also have the, everyone's surprise, little packet, um, the North Shore Mariners. Now, uh, North Shore Mariners, as people would know, were promoted from the MPL 2 last year. Probably everyone's um, surprise promotion. You know, they're not playing at home, like in their traditional home. They're playing out of Lambert Park, so they're ground sharing with Apia. But they're actually doing quite well.
1: Yeah, look, they shocked everyone with that win against Wollongong Wolves down at Albert Butler Park. Um... Wolves obviously came back 2-all, and then right at the end of the game there, they managed to snatch the three points from the reigning Premiers.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they made a very quality uh, off-season signing in Panny Nikas. I know he didn't play the first game, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, they have been holding their own. I know it's only round three. I know it's only very early, but it's very important to pick up as much points, especially when you're the new boys, to pick up as much points as you can early on so that when things probably do go a bit pear-shaped further in the season, you've at least got that to bank on. Yeah, it,
1: it's, being the newly promoted team, you need to get that buffer. Um, I think a lot of people predicted that they'd be going straight back down. Um, I don't think we've seen sort of a promotion and, and then relegated straight away for a couple of years now in the NPL one. Um, so yeah, North, North Shore Mariners doing pretty well for themselves so far. Sydney Olympic... Them as well, they're, they're sitting in 11th. Um, no wins yet. They were touted as favourites at the start of the season. They signed you know, a whole raft of new players, new coach, new everything. Look at them bounce back from last year's horrors. Um, and they find themselves right down the bottom, down with um, Mount Druid and Southern Sharks not winning
0: a game yet. Yeah, but keep do keep in mind that Mount Druid have played a game less. So, yeah. you know, Sydney Olympic on three games, uh, Mount Druid on two. Um, I do want to talk quickly about uh, Marconi Stallions. Now, yeah. them and Blacktown City on nine points, undefeated, but the goal difference stands at a whopping five goals between them. So you've got Marconi at first, but Blacktown second. Marconi have scored ten, ga- ten goals in three games.
1: Yeah, Marconi, um, I think most people knew that they were going to do pretty well this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to do this well just yet. Um, they've been on fire so far. Um, they signed Anthony Costa from Adelaide City, a proven goal scorer down there. I think, uh, just looking at my stats, it made 166 appearances for them for 95 goals. So you see how to find the back of the net. Um, and yeah, they're just really gelling well um, over at the Stallions at the moment.
0: Now, um, in your opinion, I know it's still really early, but are they premiership um, contenders? Uh, Yeah, I
1: think at the moment they're definitely the team to beat. I mean, look to to score 10 goals in your opening three
0: games is just ridiculous. Now, Hold on the Heels is Blacktown City, so it's going to be quite an interesting season. Um, Again, I know it's still really early, but who do you think um, is going to face a dreaded drop? Uh, Man,
1: I, I think Sharks... Um, I think Sydney Olympic is going to eventually find their feet and bounce back. Um, Manly always seem to do pretty well. Uh, Wolves, you know, they're, they're down there, but they've kept the same squad as last year. They'll they'll find their way back into the top end of the table. So I, I think Southern Sharks they've really got to do something to get the butts into gear to um, yeah. to be, which is really surprising because they they signed players you know such as Cameron Powell who who did pretty
0: decent in the A League. Yeah, so, you know, it is a bit uh, perplexing, but, you know, again, still very early days. Um, the only thing that's different this year is now the 18s and 20s can't save the first team anymore.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of the Sharks saving grace for, um, for a few seasons there, that just relying on their youth boys. The, the Shire has a very strong football culture, um, developed a lot of players over the years that have gone on to, uh, to bigger and better things, and... So, you know, they'll play the youth there and then they move on to be picked up by one of the other clubs like Sydney United or Rockdale, or somewhere like that. Um, but, yeah, hopefully for Sharks' sake, hopefully they've invested enough into their first-grade side that they can stay up. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard to get out of PL2
0: next year. Well, <laughs> interesting you say that because Sydney FC have been the past couple of seasons lingering at the bottom of the table, but it's always been their 20s and 18s that have saved them. Now they don't have that, but after three rounds, they sit in third on six points. So it is going to be interesting, but you know, um, we've still got teams like Sydney United, like Wollongong, um, even City Olympics to kind of kick into gear, so who knows exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a very topsy-turvy season.
1: Yeah, and I'm very keen to see what's going to happen in Sydney FC after that um, May 31st contract um end date for the uh for these a-league clubs to you know i'm gonna see like western sydney wanderers did in pl2 last year
0: and they just completely drop off the map again still very early days but <laughs> if they can't keep this form up so two wins in three games you know it's it'll literally be boys against men uh, at yeah. this point you know We'll move on to probably the hot-button issue um, that's kind of lingering around, you know, not just in football, but in society as well. This dreaded coronavirus that is affecting every single aspect of, I'm going to say, every single aspect of society. You know, we see it... um, yeah, around the world countries in lockdown leagues around the world suspended so we'll kind of keep it as a more football focused. so leagues around the world are being suspended we've got syria r um the epl and the efl is in suspension um la liga i'm not too sure will yeah, is is spain
1: yep,
0: yep. and the a-league our, our very own a-league is not necessarily in suspension but uh, playing behind closed doors. Wellington and Melbourne victory have their next two games to be rescheduled because of the travel bans and quarantine and whatnot. Yep. Will, how do you feel about the whole situation before we move into the... Um, specifically about football in New South Wales?
1: Uh, it's it's kind of... Per- like It's a really perplexing one. We haven't seen anything like this. Um, or at least I haven't seen anything like this. You'd, you'd probably have to go back to... I don't know the second world war to see mass cancellations of leagues across the world um but it's it does suck as a football fan um I think especially across all the European leagues um very interesting that the A-League is pressing on and I I do understand why we're pretty close to the end of the competition and I guess it comes down to money for the clubs um You know, we're seeing the NRL do it as well. They're keeping the competition going for as long as they can um, because they just, I guess, there might be something in their TV deal contracts, um, but really they're going to take a massive financial hit and I guess A-League and maybe even AFL as well if they can't play games. And I think there's also a greater societal benefit if they can keep playing games. Because um, what, what else are we
0: going to do? What, what, what are we going to be entertained during all
1: this? <laughs> well, I know in Italy they have given uh, free Pornhub whilst they're on lockdown, so... Um,
0: <laughs> you know? Well, there we go. <laughs> um, now, speaking of which, um, the uh, Football New South Wales, in conjunction with Football Federation Australia, have released a press statement um, earlier today, so at the time of recording, maybe about four hours ago, stating that all football related activities will be suspended. That includes games, training, and friendlies up until uh, April 13th. So, basically, so April 14th, which is Easter Monday.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, that includes everything from all levels of grassroots football, from NPL all the way down. So, we're going to have no NPL football for at least a month.
1: Yeah, a month's break from NPL football. Uh, no FFA Cup games are going ahead. No youth games are going ahead. No futsal games. No mini ruse games. Um, they're, they're putting the brakes on everything. Um, and I, I really wanted to pose this question. It's only for a month. Do you think you'll be suspended for longer?
0: Um, look, I'm not a doctor, and I want to stress that we're yes, not doctors yes. we, we are not useful. doctors
1: we are not going to give out medical advice
0: yeah we're just we're just very big football fans so i want to stress that again we are not doctors in any way shape or form but it is as everyone as officials keep saying it's an evolving situation and it's something that we don't have we've never kind of experienced before at least in our lifetimes so the que- the question you asked is it going to be suspended for longer i i would like to think that it won't be but I think it probably will. Yep.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm very much in agreement with that. Uh, based on everything coming out, uh, it, it's hard to see how it's not going to be suspended, um, I guess at least until the end of May, which is going to cause a real big problem with congestion, um, especially with things like the FFA Cup and the NPL season.
0: Well, um. The last game that is going to be played before this ban, which comes into effect at midnight tonight, so the so twelve a.m. eighteenth of March was actually Blacktown Spartans versus Mount Mounties Wanderers. Now we don't know the exact <laughs> result just yet, but well, what a way to end off uh, this little uh, you know before we have this football recess.
1: Yeah, like, if you have told me that the last game was that for a month, um, like. I, I thought you were joking it's it's awful. It's, it's a makeup and the ironic thing is this is a makeup game from a couple of weeks ago right um yeah where, where there was I think the the 18s had um had some coronavirus concerns so they got scrapped and then the 20s didn't go ahead because the refs were told. Well, we've got conflicting reports. We were saying that the refs weren't scheduled, then we got told that the refs were told it was off and the players were ready to go, and,
0: you know, it's it's a comedy it's a bit of, of a sh- Yeah, I was going to say it's a massive comedy of errors. So it's ironic, it's actually ironic that this the last game that we're going to see and that we can actually report on properly is a catch-up game of a game that was postponed because of you know issues probably relating to this as well. So, you know, what a it's almost poetic in a way
1: yeah exactly right like you you can't make this stuff up
0: <clears throat> no you definitely can't now there is a there are a few questions that get posed by the suspension of all football you know from grassroots mini ruse, FFA cup games and the leagues themselves even amateur leagues um what happens once the league comes back into into into, into you know um, when we can play again. So let's just assume for all intensive purposes that after April 14, the leagues resume again. Sure. Okay. What, what do we do from that point? Do we continue the games as per normal or do we cut off a month? or so worth of games out like what in your opinion what do you think is going to happen and what do you think should happen
1: so i think depending on the level. so i think at an amateur level you know just playing your sort of saturday or sunday premier league what have you I, I think those seasons will just be shortened and they'll cut out the next month's worth of games or however many games i have before the before the ban is lifted because um, you know You lose enough games to to the rain anyway during the season, so what's a couple of games at the start going to do? That that, that kind of factors itself in there. Uh, I think for your elite, in quotation marks, like your NPLs, um, the youth, it's really hard because the youth has that new makeup of the snake system and then cutting the competition in half, halfway through... So I, I don't know if it's going to make too much of an impact if they chop off a couple of weeks there. Um, because the, the, if you're talking 13s through to 16s, so you've got four youth um, teams per club to, pl- to have catch-up games for, there's only so many nights in the week that you can realistically hold games. Plus then you have the prospect of uh, playing catch-up FFA Cup games, catch-up NPL games on those nights as well. So I think youth is going to suffer, which I know a lot of parents um, are are going to, and I think rightfully, be upset about because you're paying so much money per child. Um, So whether or not there's going to be some partial refunds there, or uh, or the clubs just going to have to ask them to suck it up, I'm not too sure. Um, You know, I'm not a consumer affairs expert or anything like that.
0: Um. So, do you think parents have the right to be aggrieved if clubs say, "Listen, we're not gonna refund, or we're not going to give back any money for the because uh, for the fees, because they are quite expensive"? Like, if you are a <clears throat> if you are a parent that has a child in the in the youth system, please, you know, in let us know, um, yeah. you know, comment on this. But would yeah. you feel aggrieved if the club said, "Listen, we can't, we're not going to do anything about it. You're gonna kinda have to suck it up a bit"?
1: yeah look if i was in the parents shoes and that happened depending on how many games um they missed out on so if it's only going to be a couple i'd go oh yeah fine whatever you know it's i'm already paying that much what's an extra like you know hundred bucks back to me whatever um if it starts to become sort of four or more then yeah you'd be looking at whether it'd be like a credit towards next season or some, some kind of refund or Something in terms of that, Um, I I think definitely, I think parents do have a right to, um, you know, go, well, what's going on? We're paying for something that we're not getting anymore.
0: Yeah, because it's common for families not just to have like maybe one child. Sometimes they have two, even three kids, you know, playing at these, you know, elite youth levels and to pay in excess of over... I don't know. Uh, let's say over, let's say over five grand. Yep. You know, and be told, listen, we're not going to get any refunds or whatnot, or there's going to be a bit of a contingency plan. You know, I probably would be agreed. Why? Because you want bang for your buck, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And it, what concerns me is that, especially if um if the Premier League games go ahead, like the the seniors, uh, obviously those players are still going to want to be paid. Um, and as we know a lot of the youth fees do go towards paying the seniors um, as, as much as the clubs will say they don't um, you know how they're going to keep paying these players because a lot of these clubs are being run sort of as, as, like as a loss as it is because the, the competition prize is is bugger all anyway so it's not really like you're making money out of it
0: yeah, from what I hear, it's probably a pittance to what they pay to actually enter the league itself. Yeah, it's something like thirty percent I've seen. In terms
1: of like the in terms of prize money for first.
0: Now um, another question I want I want to pose to you, um, in terms of the NPL. So let's let's remove the grassroots a bit. Let's go to the elite levels. Yep. If the so from NPL four to NPL one, it's going to resume April fourteen. So in a month. Do we, you know, exclude these games that are in this month, one-month period or do we reschedule them? And how much of a toll will it take on these players? Because we have to remember as well, this is still, as much as we love the league, it's still a semi-professional league. And, they, and a lot of these players have, you know, other revenues of income. They, have, they work other jobs. So if they're going to play these games and they're going to play FFA Cup games, which are typically held midweek anyway, you know, how much of a how much of a uh, toll is it going to take on these players
1: yeah it's it's a really tough one to answer i mean i in the sake of fairness in a competition with promotion and relegation um, in my opinion they should be doing everything they can to look at playing the competition whole so with makeup games um, or if they can manage to extend the season like it's that's going to be really hard as well because it comes down to ground availability and you're pushing into the summer sport calendar. Um, you know, you, like, you, you've already got AFL talking about running the competition till freaking December. You know, so Ooh. yeah, so where are we going to find time to to, to fit our games in? You know, and exactly like because there's round three FFA Cup games still scheduled and. Um, and possibly around four in that time as well. I can't quite remember which weekend or, or, or which week they're scheduled for. But, you know, you, you've got... I think they're going to have to make a call one way or the other. Do they potentially um, scrap FFA Cup games and just look at just being a competition with the NPL sides? Or do they have... Um, or do they... I, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a really hard one to answer. It's really yeah, it
0: is now, I, I think the the beauty about this kind of scenario is that there's so many hypotheticals. Like there's yeah. so many avenues that 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 can go, and we can sit here for hours discussing every possible, you know, legitimate option. You know, I've even read somewhere that they should just probably can the season so far. Like you know, just don't worry about a 2020 season.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen that as well. Um, look, wouldn't be the worst option, I guess, at least then. Uh, it's in, Especially in terms of promotion and relegation, it's fair to everyone. Yeah, you might have to wait another year if you had, had a really strong side, or um, and you thought you are going to get promoted, it might save a few teams that think they might get relegated. Um, but I think if we lose too much of the season, it pains me to say I think we're going to have to do it.
0: So you're, so you're saying that it wouldn't be such a bad idea if it were to shut down for the 2020 season?
1: Look, it it wouldn't be the worst idea. I know a lot of people might disagree with me on that, but, like, otherwise you're putting a lot of games in a short period of time. You get, you you know, players playing three games a week plus doing their sparky or their chippy job, you know, full-time Monday to Friday as well. Then you take into account recovery... Um, it's It puts a lot of pressure on semi-professional athletes.
0: And I think that's something that isn't really um, focused on as such. You know, when we talk about rescheduling games and, you know, having maybe playing on a Tuesday night and then Saturday night, um, it's player welfare as well. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they are human. You know, we can only endure so much. And their full, like, as you just mentioned, their full-time job isn't necessarily playing football. As much as they probably love it to be, they have other revenues of income. You know, that they have businesses to run. They have, you know, um, obligations to meet. So, at a point where do we say, you know, player safety needs to kick in over the need of having to fulfill the, you know, the um, competition uh, itself?
1: Yeah, I think that's the key. I think if we get more than halfway through the season suspended, because I know with the AFL, they've said they're going to have a 17-round competition, so everyone's just going to play each other once. So whether we look at, you know, is is that still fair if we did that? It's not a full home-away season, but if you play everyone once, that's better than not scrapping the competition or playing an odd number of times. Yeah, people are going to argue home-ground advantage, but... Uh, is, is, is home ground advantage that big of a thing in the uh, the NPL outside of maybe I guess Sydney United or Marconi um, that have these supporter groups, or and or even, or, or even Wolves with like with big crowd numbers every week.
0: Yeah, exactly. So look, we we can agree to disagree on on so many ways, and I know the people uh, who comment on our posts and whatnot always giving their uh, two cents on on certain issues, especially when it comes to this, like just we posted I think it was three or four posts today just in this regarding this topic and we've got a combination of four hundred comments in one day about their views and their opinions and what should be done.
1: Yeah, and and everyone's gonna have their own opinion as to what they do. Um simple like simple answer is end of the day, until we get closer to that fourteenth of the April kind of point, if they extend it or resume the competitions uh we don't know it's it's all speculation at this stage um it's all wishful thinking in some cases um yeah we just have to wait it out and see how we go because it you know and, and again some people disagree with this but there's things in life that are bigger than football
0: yeah as as much as we you know love the game and like you know we love it we we live it we breathe it you know People's health come, does come first yep. above all. You know, stay with your loved ones, stay with your families. You know, and at the end of the day, football will always be there, but it's just probably in this season, the 2020 season, not in the way that I think nobody is going to expect. Because you know, it's it is unfortunately it is a global issue. Like we've got the biggest leagues in the world, like the Bundesliga, playing behind closed doors uh, for the time being. The EPL in suspension, La Liga in suspension you know our uh, city are in suspension you know we've got to take it for what it is i guess and we have to you know work with the relevant information that's been given to us by the uh, authorities
1: that's it we can just uh, yeah just keep listening to the to the authorities and just keep all of that in mind when you are commenting as well we know you're passionate we love it um, but yeah just 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 keep all that in mind um, on on social media all
0: right um in saying that, um we will keep you updated with any um new information that does come out regarding football in New South Wales, if football New South Wales itself gives out any um directives, the FFA give up any directives, and as soon as we hear anything, you know, substantial information, we will definitely let you guys know. So please like and subscribe us to us on Facebook and any other socials that we have, um as well, as our Instagram page, you know that we're getting up and running. So yep. if you haven't liked that, it's the clean sheet AU. On instagram yep Definitely um that. now uh anything else you want to discuss on this dreaded coronavirus issue um
1: well, i i think we've uh i think we've touched base on on just about everything so far the the only other thing is what are we gonna to have to talk about for the next four weeks
0: you know and i think that's an issue with football media as a whole you know what do we actually do yeah we. Were. You know like, like what is there to report on like, i know optus sport having plugging throwbacks about the epl yes, like yeah. you know and i'm gonna say as a chelsea fan i love the fact that <laughs> one of the most demanded videos was uh steven gerrard slipping over and then my scoring <laughs> yeah sure. and as a as a passionate chelsea fan i think <laughs> that's one of the best things and, and seeing that at, at a pub, you know, live in uh, being one of the few Chelsea fans among, you know, um, my friends when we were watching it, it was it was good to see. That was it was great. It was a great day. Sorry to all those people fans that listened to us. <laughs> remember like um, Now we'll move on. Um, over the weekend, we did have a few. We had the opening preliminary rounds of the FFA Cup. Um, In New South Wales, I know other states have been playing it for some time, but we had our first rounds, rounds one and rounds two um, that that have just happened. But I will focus on round two as it was the most um, uh, recent one. Now, we're not going to read out all the results, uh, but there are a few surprising results and a a few massive blowouts. So I'll just start with a few selected ones. We had Southern and Edelong win 7-3 against Panorama, which was a pretty big trip for them. Uh, uh, of Panorama coming all the way from Bathurst to the Central Coast. Um, what else have we got? We've got uh, one of probably our first biggest blowouts. We've got Coogee United beating Inu Plains 10-1 at Centennial Park, which is a good result. And we will probably the biggest result of the round. And I'm not too sure. Uh, maybe one of our listeners, subscribers can correct me if I'm wrong, but probably the biggest win in all FFA Cup qualification history. Yeah we um, have I'm, I'm um, Albion one. Park yeah. White Eagles 31-0 against Effing FC. Yeah,
1: pretty big school. And I'm trying to think, I remember there was one game up in Queensland that got pretty high. I can't quite remember. Um, but man, 31-0 and it was something like 13-0 at half time or, or it was something, you know. Around A ridiculous that so they Epping Park didn't even take their foot off in the in the second half. So I'm not sure if Epping just gave like like most clubs probably would not just gave up or um or what but I know um I know Cam Morgan in that. He he only scored six goals in the second half when he got eight in the
0: first, so only six. Yeah, no, only six. He got, Man, he got What's wrong with lazy. you?
1: Yeah, you got a bit lazy. I think
0: there. so. But 31-0. Now I want to pose this question to you. If you are up 13-0 at half time, you know, as a manager, what do you say to your players? The game, the game like, is, the game is won at halftime with thirteen <laughs> 0 What do you do? What do you say? I think you
1: just say, "Look, let's just treat like a training around, pass the ball around a bit, and you know, take it a little bit easier on them." Um, I know I, I it's it's still a competition there, but like, if thirteen nil up, how how big do you need to win by? exactly it's not, like and four and against isn't going to come into it it's a knockout cup competition um I, I think you know look if if I was in the gaffer's shoes, I'd probably go all right goalie you're up at striker striker you go to the goals change up the formation a bit um yeah just say look you've got to make I don't know 10 15 passes before you score
0: because there was a deficit like if they won to up 13 year at half time. And they scored another eighteen goals in the second <laughs> half. Uh,
1: yeah, I'd, I mean, uh, look, and it's like I said before, people are going to disagree with this, but y- surely you can show like a little bit of sportsmanship and um, and yeah, not score eighteen. <laughs> That's um, I mean like like the, the other side knows that they're beat anyway,
0: you know. Uh, I yeah. It. look if that were me I would just tell I'd tell my players um, you know like I said just take it easy the aim of the game isn't to put as many goals behind because it's not a two-legged tie it's just the one knockout yep um, just you know have fun have yeah. fun
1: have fun try some new things you know make it you can only score from headers or I don't know start trying bicycle kicks or something I uh, uh,
0: I don't know <laughs> Now a thirty-one-nil scoreline, is that bad sportsmanship? Uh, to me, yeah. Or or should you just go for the jugular? Just put as many as you can.
1: Um, I I think it is a bit poor sportsmanship. Like, even if you look at over at the um at the cup over in um over in England, for example, I, I can't think of many examples where you know pre-league teams would be blowing out these littler teams that have managed to get, where, get their way through the competition. Um, so, I
0: mean, the, I don't know. The like, only time I can remember is when Liverpool knocked out Havant and Waterlooville. Yep. Um, this uh, non-league side who I think managed the, into the semi-finals or the quarter-finals I can't remember and Liverpool didn't beat them by a lot of goals I, maybe it was 3-0 no, it, it definitely wasn't a beating it was a fair. It seemed like a normal fair game.
1: Yeah, and like that, I guess Liverpool probably would have played mostly their youth side anyway. Which I guess teams like um, like having Park, White Eagles wouldn't really have the luxury of. Um, like that, they, they could, but coming up against a club that you'd you'd know nothing about, right? Yeah, okay, it's this team from Epping. That's all we know. And I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to, to Epping here at all, but like it, it's not like you can go and watch them play and pull up old YouTube highlights or you know, see what their players are like. You just turn up and hope you play the best game and hope that you win. you probably probably not expect to win
0: 31-0, but yeah, I know. So it's look all 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 the more power to them, and you know best of luck next year for Epping. You know hopefully they can recoup and. You know, rebuild, I guess, or do something uh, so they don't, you know, get such a one-sided scoreline in in next year if they do do decide to answer.
1: Yeah, just hope they don't draw a um, in Hilo or a Premier League club.
0: There we go. Um, Now, moving on to a few other results. we had, a, we had a few close games. You had Bass Hill Rangers Football Club losing 5-3 to Shoalhaven United. You had uh, another big scoreline, Forest Kalani uh, winning 10-0 against Lugano, uh FC. Um, and there's um, Maroubra United winning 6-4 against Rouse Hill Rams, which yep. would have been very interesting. Um, just another game I want to pull up because um, this, from my knowledge, was maybe the only live-streamed FFA Cup game. It was Holroy- Holroyd Rangers against Lithgow Workmen's uh, SFC. Now, yep. Holroyd are a team in uh, based in Guildford West in the western suburbs of Sydney. They travelled all the way to Lithgow. And now, I'm not a geographer, but I'm pretty sure maybe like a seven-hour round trip.
1: Yeah, or so that.
0: yeah, about that. Yeah, and they won one-nil. You know, a strike early in the first half sealed the points for the uh, Western Sydney-based side. That's all it takes. Yep, especially in a cup game, one goal is all it takes. Now, one more, one more result I do want to mention is um, Lane Cove FC travelling to uh, Kellyville to take on North Rocks SC. Now, uh, Lane Cove had the uh, advantage two 0 in the second half, but North Rocks actually massive comeback won 3-2 in the dying seconds of the game um, um, Correct. Uh, forgive me if I mispronounce his last name uh, Jay Pandya with two goals and Zach Prost with the single solitary goal to win the game for North Rocks and Tom Robertson for Lane Cove scoring a double for the side now you got to love you got to love games like this oh, know, definitely two, two, 2 nil down backs against the wall Give them all you got, and you know you throw the dust into the wind and see what happens. Yep, you make your rally back and you pull one out of the hat. Exactly. Now, North Rocks FC uh, SC last year took on the Western New South Wales Mariners and actually held their own. They lost four one, but from my recollection, uh, was only one one all at half time. It was just because of the professionalism of the uh, Western New South Wales Mariners that they did, you know, at the end win the game. So all the more power to North Rocks.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not a bad little club side there. Um, hopefully, yeah. you know, provided the competition goes on, they can uh, pick up a few more wins along the way.
0: Now, in saying that, because of, we just mentioned our segment before, the we have no idea how the remainder of this cup is going to go. So hopefully, you know, the, one of the beautiful things about our game compared to other codes is that we have knockout cups like this you know, exciting games where, you know, the local community can come and barrack their local team.
1: Yeah, and there's always the chance that the underdogs are going to get the win because it's a one-off game. It's not a competition. Like, it's not a weekly competition where you've got to worry about uh, player fitness and things like that, injuries. You just play your best team and, um, you know, and if you're lucky enough, you might come up against a, a team playing the NPL or... Um, or Maybe like a team, like one of the better Premier League sides throughout the throughout Sydney, or um, against an Illawarra Premier League side. Um, so we know, they always do quite well, um, and you know it's it's great for these teams that normally you don't get to hear about. They get to compete, and you know get their names out there a little bit.
0: Yeah, so as you know, the very commercialised hashtag goes, it's the magic of the cup wheel. It's the magic of the cup.
1: Definitely. And before we move on, I just wanted to bring up um, a couple of scores myself that I thought were interesting. Um, Western Condors making their return to uh, to football after being dropped last year. They won one nil over Gladesville Ravens. Um, Albion Park City as well, uh, a four nil win over um, over Five Dock. Um, and that's the game where Craig Foster was actually on commentary, um, and that game was live streamed as well, so we were fortunate enough to have two round two FA Cup games live streamed, but don't think we've ever had that before, um, so pretty good there from, uh, from those sides. As you know, Craig Foster, he's done a bit of work with, um, with Albion Park City, um, in, in the last year, and again, raising money for another charity. Um. Uh, I wish I had a up it was, but it was getting the um, the guys off Manus Island, I believe.
0: Um, oh, fair enough.
1: Anyway, and then the last one, um, our friends over at Fairfield Bulls who are trying to get back into the NPL competitions, uh, they went down 4-0 to Mossman FC.
0: Uh, unfortunately, you know, the guys at Fairfield Bulls, very hospitable people. You know, we went and visited their, their game last year. You know, great bunch of guys. You know, trying to, you know, work themselves back up into the MPL system, as you just mentioned. So, best of luck to them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you know, they're back again next season and give the cup another red hot crack. All
0: right. So, I think that pretty much uh, wraps it up for probably one of our, you know, more unique podcasts. You know, we don't know when we're going to be back. Um, if you guys like this format, please let us know. Um, perhaps we can do more roundtable discussions over particular issues that you want to discuss, or that you want to hear us talk about. If you've got any any questions or any you know things you just want to vent, please comment to us, and we will do the best we can.
1: Speaking of, we've actually have uh, two questions that were sent in by uh, listeners, viewers, whatever you, you want to call them. Um, I just wanted to quickly touch on them. Um, Michael Looper's first sent in. Uh, discussion at the moment about teams um, in the WhatsApp group around training parameters, there's been some feedback that training smaller groups could be a solution that may be a good co- topic to discuss um, I think based on current advice from FFA, I would have to, um, to, to disagree with that, I think if, if teams wanted to um, do sort of any form of training or like that perhaps the coach can give fitness programs that the kids can do at home um, you know they might be able to work out a way to distribute some film and maybe do some like online sort of classes as such where they can um, where they can watch the film together and and have a chat about that and that way they're still getting some contact with each other throughout the next couple of weeks in a training sort of environment. Um, I'm not
0: sure what your thoughts are on that. Um, look, I think everyone's got the best intentions when it comes to these kind of issues. They want to play the game. They want to, you know, do the best that they can. But unfortunately, you know, the powers that be have dictated that, you know, there's got to be no training, no friendlies, no games. You know, just to kind of contain this outbreak. Yeah. So, you know, I love the idea. Don't get me wrong, I love the idea. But I just don't think. Practically, it's going to happen because you know there, are be, there will be parents who agree with that, and there are always going to be parents on the flip side who disagree with that. You know I'm not going to let my kid go out in these in this kind of environment, etc., etc.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then the other one is from Larry King. Um, he said, uh, "What happens to the private academy training? Does that still go ahead, or
0: does that also stop?" That's an interesting one um, because. Do academies fall under the jurisdiction? They would obviously fall under the jurisdiction of the FFA, if I'm if I stand corrected.
1: Well, the, the, like they're not licensed by them or anything. So this is where it gets a bit tricky because they're private academies. Um, like for example, the Australasian Soccer Academy, they announced uh, obviously before the the five o'clock announcement that they were going to suspend training until the sixth of April. Not sure if they're going to extend that out now to the um, to the 14th or not, in line with the national guidelines. But yeah, I mean, it it does bring up an interesting thing. Being a private academy, um, especially because the ban is only on crowds of 500 at the moment. I, I know they're talking about um, possibly reducing that. Uh, for example, in the US, they've got a limit of 10. Um, so. Know, whether or not they use that to their advantage in the next couple of weeks and still keep um, kids going to the academy um, to train is, is something to be seen. And I, th- I think eth- ethically they shouldn't be, morally they shouldn't be, um, but I mean, you, you, you know how it is with these private academies. They're in it to make a buck.
0: Yeah, look, at the end of the day, it is a business for them as well because they have livelihoods to take care of as well. So... What, what, what do you do in these situations? Like, you know, if some of them aren't necessarily licensed or, you know, aligned with FFA and whatnot. So, like you pointed out, morally and ethically, you sh- we should probably do it for the benefit of the wider community. But at the end of the day, you know, people, we do live in a democracy, people have choice.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Um, but yeah, those are our two questions of the week.
0: All right. So, if you guys have any other questions or any other comments or issues you guys want to raise, please let us know. We'll do our best to get to them and, you know, to obviously start a broader discussion about all all, all, the, all the things concerning football in New South Wales.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this format—a bit more um, discussion-based, not really focused on results and table stand things and things like that. Look, if, if you do prefer that format, please let us know, and we'll work that back in. Um, but yeah give us the feedback what are you liking what don't you like what do you want us to do for the next four weeks um, we'd, we'd love some ideas we've floated you know do we do some live streams of some football manager sims of the NPL do we host a FIFA tournament um,
0: give us something give us something and we'll be more than happy to work on it yeah because we're going to have a, a little bit of free time a little uh, bit of free time now I can only imagine what happens if we actually get put into proper lockdown Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Please like and subscribe to us on our Facebook and Instagram page. And hope you guys have a good week.
1: Yes, and lastly, thank you for the 7,000 likes on Facebook.
0: Yeah, baby, 7,000. Keep them going, guys. Thank you. Catch you next week.